This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Unlike yesterday's podcast today, I am entirely serious. We are so excited that you're a part of our podcast today, Talking Real Money. The you got that close to sincerity there. I almost hit it. I almost just, wow. I kind of grazed it. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm Don. That's Tom. This is Talking Real Money. We talk about money, but we at least we try to enjoy ourselves. I don't know if you do, but we do. So uh, thanks for stopping by. And remember, if you have questions, call us at 855-935-TALK, 24 hours a day, or type them in at TalkingRealMoney.com or go in and record them at TalkingRealMoney.com on the contact form. Whatever, it works out. We just want to help you understand money. We want to help you make money make sense so that you can make more money. That's the goal of this show. And who could who could make more money than just any idiot investor in the past year? In the past year... Average idiot investors made lots and lots of money. Even guys day trading made money. Everybody except one caller a few days ago, one caller who had stocks who lost money. Everybody else has made money. That guy is the unluckiest person on the planet and a listener to Talking Real Money. What does that say? Does that say something? Not much. Uh, Now, should you you expect it? Yeah, should you expect uh, these kinds of returns? If you, if your expectations are low about the future, sometimes that turns out well because then life can be better. There's a well-known uh, university in the great state of Washington where I think they used to say going to this university is good because after going for a while, your expectations are low, so you get used to what life is going to look was like. That, was that Whitman? Road. No, it's not Whitman. Oh, it's not Whitman. Oh, <laughs> but another okay. one. Oh. Oh, sorry, it's not Whitman. So <laughs> what are we really talking about? Well, we're talking about money. And in this By case, the way, Tom about, graduated from Whitman. That's why yeah, I said it's that. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. And I'm good with all that. But here, the thing we're talking about, how much money you can be expected to make investing in stocks, equities over the long haul. Remember, we don't know of any other type of investment that has provided a greater return than investing in stocks for a long period of time. Real estate hasn't done it. Bonds hasn't done it. Cash no, hasn't done no, it. Hedge funds no. hasn't done it. I don't know. There isn't, no, there there isn't, isn't anything, anything else I know. Commodities yeah, haven't I, done it. No, there's right. I mean, so, the average annual return for U.S. equities over the past almost 100 years has been over 10% per year. 12, I believe. No, 12 is small. Small cap mm-hmm. is about 12. Small value is about 12 and a half. And by the way, there is a guy that that, that has categorized all this, uh, cataloged it. His name is Roger Ibbotson. He's the co-author of the uh, the paper Stocks, Bonds, Bills, and Inflation, which advisors have used for, I don't know, 35 or 40 years, came out a long time ago, about building portfolios and what you should expect in the future. So it is kind of news when Ibbotson says, yeah, in the stock market since 1926, large stocks have made 10, small have made 12, small value about 12 and a half. By the way, uh, I think Mark Holbert said since 1793, 
which only our friend Paul Merriman remembers, uh, you've made about 9% a year going back to 1793. But now Ibbotson is saying, hey, looking forward, you can expect about 8% a year in stocks, he says, for the next 25 years. By the way, John Bogle, he had been saying for many years prior to his death in 2019, you should expect to make less in stocks. The question at hand here is, I got my answers, well, you have yours. Should you care or should, and should you respond to the fact that someone as noted as Roger Ibbotson is saying, expect less in the future? Is it my turn? That's yours. I'll come back after I'm oh, you're done. So you want me to go first? Oh, I'll go first if S- you want. No, it's okay. S&P 500, by the way, since 1928, yeah. 10% per year. I think I just said that. Yeah. Okay. The uh, U.S. small companies, 11.1. I think U.S. small value is done over 12. But anyway. All we- right. Gee, U.S. small value, 12 and a half. Okay, so I, th- I think I just, said I just wanted to check the close, numbers. Okay, all right. Okay, uh, here's my here's my take on. But what about the next twenty five years? My, how much am I going to? I, I am actually twenty five years. I agree. <laughs> how much am I going to make? I agree, but I don't take myself too seriously. I do agree. I think the average annual returns in the future are at least in the next couple of decades. Future are likely to be lower in, than in the last few decades, primarily because. We're going through and have gone through, have gone through a period of really, really low interest rates. And the yield, the return on stocks needs to, and it does compete with the return on fixed income investments. So if you're starting from a lower level, then the, the comparison to get a comparable return on a risk-adjusted basis, you don't need as much money. You're not going to expect okay, as much that money. that was not the question. The question was, should you care and or react to that? Well, I, I'm getting to that. Oh, okay. You, well, you're just winding up again. No, no, no. I'm ahead. just saying, I believe that, yeah, you're, you should expect less in the future. But the fact of the matter is, you have no idea what the future is going to look like exactly. So, and here's the answer, you keep doing what you're doing the way you're doing it, if you're doing it the way we tell you to, which is massively diversify, build a portfolio for your risk tolerance, and let us see what happens. That's pretty close to what I said, by the way. We do know one thing about the, the future is eventually you and I will be replaced by robots. That'll That's a that's a done deal. So, Artificial it's intelligence. It's almost come there. That, that, <laughs> I know. You played a tape for me today that kind of scared me. Uh, how do I feel about all this? Number one, should you care and react? And I think the answer always is no. No one knows what the future is. Roger Ibbotson doesn't know any more than you do about the future. The stock market returns may be far greater. Who knows? We don't know because don't know. productivity may get better and all the mining on Mars. And yeah, I don't know. Um, but how should you react? Well, if I were 25 and I talked to a young man today who's 32, it's a great saver. I would simply say, well, that might happen, so I'm going to save more. I'll just be a little more cautious. I'll, I'll have to, my part will be putting aside more for my future. Number two, Don already mentioned this. Yes, be widely globally diversified because one thing we for sure don't know is when the, where the better returns will come from. My personal take is places like the emerging markets will have greater returns. There's greater opportunity there, but who knows? The political, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then the other one is, and I think you might have mentioned this, but the only other thing you can really do 
is keep your costs low. I Paying didn't, a lot to I didn't, others, but that is a good okay. point. If you save more and you keep your costs low, if you pay attention to it, then more will end up in your pocket. But other than that, I don't think there's a whole lot of ways around whatever returns may be coming down the road. And by the way, again, Bogle said this, I think, way back in like 2002, and he was not correct. I mean, returns since 2002 have been pretty doggone good with a diversified portfolio. So, and very close to historic norms, I'll put it that way. And that despite the fact that we had a horrible bear market in there. Yeah, 2008, 2009, not a fun time. 855-935-TALK, our phone number, 855-935-8255, or send your questions in at Talking Real Money. Yes, sir. My name is John. About, uh, I've been married for about 25 years, but my wife and I may be giving a divorce. Uh, after we were married, we bought this uh, large uh, commercial building, and we're in the process of selling it now for uh, 750000 and my question is, what can we do with, with the money? Do we try to reinvest it or just put it in the bank and try to live off it? I'm 82 years old and the wife is uh, 70. Uh, so if we could, uh, could give us some help on that, that'd be greatly appreciated. Well, uh, you know, you're going to give half of it to the wife. <laughs> yeah, can I say one thing here? I mean, great divorce out. is horrible because it just, it's set, especially in your 80s, I mean, the, you don't got time to rebuild your assets. Uh, you don't got you know. time. You don't got We're, time. Well, I you mean, <laughs> you know you've lived out there in the, country, the country, country a little too long now. <laughs> you do not have time. Yeah, Thank you, you ain't got the time. You ain't got the money. <laughs> I, got the, I got the country time on my <laughs> waiting for me. You don't have the time to make it back. I mean, I got divorced at, uh, a little before fifty, and it's taken me about now to get back to where I was then. So, uh, you know, I, okay, he, that's a separate issue. He didn't that's call for marriage issue. advice. Darn it! No, that's no. right. All right, so, eighty-two okay. and getting divorced. Yeah. All right. Letting that is that so aside. stressful. All right. Well, here's yeah, the I thing. Mean, right, I mean, if you're getting divorced, literally, you're probably going to want to just leave this liquid until it's yeah. done because there is going to be a division of assets guarantee it there will be yep. a division of assets and uh there could be all kinds of things that happen along the way in this process i mean you you may owe her half who knows that the, the courts could say sir you owe it all to her so we don't know it's better don't do anything if you're selling it great keep it in cash that that actually even, even that after it, all this that makes it easier. Well, and even after all this, I'm not sure at 82 that you should run out and try and buy stocks. I mean, it may be because if, if you need the money mm-hmm. for the next 10, hopefully 15, 20 years, you're still going to want to be pretty liquid. So you know, people again and have a tendency to think I got to invest the money. I need to invest it. I don't know that in this case that makes sense. So here's the process for you. Yeah, sell it, put it in cash, let it sit there get through the divorce, get through the division of property. Then, depending on what you have after all is said and done, at that point, you need to create a plan for your the rest of your life, what you are going to need your investments to do for you. And only then do you try to determine what to do with the money. I We have to keep repeating this every episode, basically. There is no one correct answer to the question. I have some money. What do I do with it? There's no answer. And that answer. is the biggest. That's the biggest question we get. By it the way, is is I just came into this, or it's happening. 
Yep. I got a bunch of money. What do I do with it? No. The question should be, what do I need the money to do for me? Then you can figure out what to do with it. It turns out you have a tendency because it feels like the program's about money to want to put the cart well ahead of the horse and get that answer, which is very, very difficult. You mean, yeah. Okay, the cart ahead of the horse. Yeah, we got it. Yeah, yeah. that I was visualizing something totally different. Probably because it's late in the day. And Which I'm end tired. of the horse were you on? I don't, I don't know. know. Careful, I, though. I had the horse facing the cart. I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> anyway, uh, 855-935-TALK is our phone number. 855-935-8255. Hey, and, what? and what? coming up in just like two weeks, oh. we have our class. It's going to be a very taxing afternoon. Uh, no, it's going to be, be a less about, taxing afternoon. Oh, pardon me, less taxing. Uh, we're going to be talking about really a few of the fundamentals when it comes to investing and taxes. Th- this is really what it, this isn't going to be some trick about moving your money somewhere and avoiding tax because people have a no. tendency. There are two camps: either people think way overthink it, and I got to do this, I got to do that to save the taxes, or they don't pay attention at all. This is going to be a basic primer on the things you need to consider about Roths and asset locations, some pretty simple stuff that anybody, frankly, should and could be doing. So that's the 29th at noon Pacific, 3 Eastern, and it's right up there at TalkingRealMoney.com. Join us. It's good. And by the way, if nothing else, all you got to do is put up with about 30 minutes of our talk. Then it's a free Q&A. People love these Q&As where they get to ask us about anything, and um, that's always fun, So we and we love seeing you. So if no other reason, join us for that. That's there you go. free, right? And at TalkingRealMoney.com. Yeah, it's free. It's free. Yeah. I, I, I talk to the people who run it now because I don't. The <laughs> We have no idea. We're over I'm 100. Sorry. What? I know. Really? No, you're pulling my chain. That's what they told me. Over wow. 100 people. 100 people or 100 clicks or 100 smiles people. They or said sign, waves. signed okay. up. Wow. Well, that, that does surprise me a bit. <laughs> but- one of our more uh, one of our uh, smarter advisors put it up on LinkedIn a couple of days ago, so maybe that got us a lot too. You, so, yeah, of knows. course, he's got a bigger audience on LinkedIn than we yeah. do for the podcast. Bingo! Sure, so there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I know. I'm I'm being. You started out See, facetious. I'm but, being slightly. But facetious, you sound so more you serious than I do. Okay. So we actually take you seriously. You cannot be facetious because right. it doesn't play well. I'm going to be dead serious now. I'm going to leave and go get a sandwich for my lunch. How about that? I already had mine. I'm done. Thanks so much, Thomas. Thank you all for being there. Tell your friends, neighbors, relatives. Leave us a review at Apple Podcasts, but only if you like us. And thanks for listening. Hanging out here talking about real money. I'm done. That's it. Talking real money. That the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately, consistently predict the future. So, past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. Are we done now?